Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy Collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. This season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd. I am Yamla. I've been very open about the fact that I was not always good at making my relationships work. I have been divorced three times, twice from the same person. In other words, I have seen a lot and failed a lot in my relationships. So I am here to share with you what I learned along the way because I did take copious notes. Welcome to the R-Spot a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. One of the things that I find so interesting in relationships and the whole drama of the relationships that we have in our lives is that we can get so focused on what we don't have, what didn't happen, what went wrong, until we totally miss the opportunities and the possibilities and the blessings that do exist. And when we're in relationships, because we're externally referenced most of the time, we're looking outside of ourselves, we only see the person based on our needs and not based on their needs. And nothing will turn a relationship on its head quicker than you looking at what that other person isn't doing, doesn't have, didn't do. We have to be more present-focused in a relationship. And particularly relationships with our parents, caregivers, guardians. We look at what they didn't give us, what they should have given us and not the sacrifice they made to give us whatever it was. I always talk about the mother who gave her children trash. It was trash. I'm talking stinky trash out the garbage can. Now, here's what the children don't always consider. And that is that she got up at 3 o'clock in the morning while they were sleeping. And she walked two and a half miles up to the good part of town, the good neighborhood. And she dug through the trash cans of the condos and the high rises to find the best trash she could find because she knew that all she had to give her children was trash. But she made it her responsibility to get them the best trash that she could find. And then she walked back two and a half hours with that trash in tow, careful not to drop a piece of it. That's all she had to give. And when she gave it to the children, 
without them knowing the five hours that she walked back and forth and how many trash cans she had to dig through. They focus on the fact, oh, damn, my mama gave me trash. (laughs) And not what she had to go through to get it. Sometimes all people have to give us is trash. But we never consider the effort they made to make sure it was the best trash they could find. We stay mad because all they gave us was trash. Relationships, they are so difficult and challenging. And my guest today, she's got a real challenging one. But there is a solution. Listen up. Good morning. Welcome to the R Spot. And what is your relationship issue, challenge, question, dilemma this morning? I have a tough thing with uh, my sister slash guardian. I'm trying to figure out how to put my foot down without severing the family relationship because she has an amazing relationship with my daughter, but she's also undermining my authority, belittling me. The whole entire, our relationship is extremely toxic. So I'm trying to figure out what to do because talking to her isn't working and every time I try to even say anything it's like I try to have a big voice but then she makes me have a little voice again so I'm just trying to figure out what can I do okay let me see if I got this you have a sister I'm assuming she's an older sister what does that mean she's your guardian um when my mom passed when I was eight um she took over guardianship of me and my brother um but now I'm 29, I'm a full adult, and, you know, I went through mental abuse with her, physical abuse, and just all kinds of crazy stuff. So I'm just like, how do I fix this? Well, why do you still call her your guardian? Why do you still call her your guardian if you're a grown woman? Why do you call her that? Because um, it's, it's hard for me to say my mom I don't, I don't, I don't know. But she's your sister. She, she keeps throwing out, and like I said, it's just extreme toxic situation. And it's, it's, it's confusing because one minute you want to be my sister, next minute you're trying to be my mom. So I don't know which one is she trying to be. I don't know. It's confusing. It's toxic. And it's affecting my relationship with my daughter. It's affecting relationship of you know, my mental health and everything. And I just don't know what to do at this point. I really want to encourage you to stop saying you don't know what to do. You do know what to do. Now, whether or not you have the courage to do it, that may be what we need to work through. Do you and your sister live together? Yes. Why do you live with her? I ran into financial um, issues about a month ago and I had to move back in with her and I'm trying to look for my own place again. But until then, I am living with her. OK, so you're in a kind of dependent situation where you want to be seen as independent. Yeah. OK, well, that's a problem. So part of the problem is you have to act like an adult if you want to be treated like an adult. 
That's your sister. She, you no longer need her to be your guardian, but you're still holding her in your mind as your guardian. But you want her to act as though she's your sister. She has a relationship with you where she was the mother figure or in the mother role. And the mother's job is to nurture, nourish, educate, and be that soft place for you to fall. So she's been that. She wasn't that. It was the exact opposite. And but that's the role she had. How she filled the role may have been dysfunctional. But the role that she had in your life and in the, the role that she had in the eyes of the law or the world was that she was to take care of you, provide for you, nourish you, nurture you. That's the role she had. How she did it is different. I mean, that's a completely different issue. Understand. So the way she raised you um, was based on what she thought she had to do. And now, but you called her your guardian. If you no longer want her to be your guardian, then it's time for you to learn how to take care of yourself. And sure, we all have setbacks and problems. See, for me, I didn't have a mother or father. When I fell on my face, I was just on my face licking mud. I didn't have nowhere to go. (laughs) Friends took me in. So you say you had some financial difficulties. Hmm? Well, you know, what do adults do when they have financial difficulties? They experience the consequences. They don't go running home. No, honestly, that wasn't my first choice. But, you know, due to the fact that I I do have a six-year-old daughter, it was like I didn't have a secure place to live. So... That's not yeah. that's not your sister's problem. That's your problem. And the Sorry. fact that at 29, your life is set up so that you only, you know, my mother, my father actually used to say to me, you know, it's a poor rat that only got one hole. Rat got to have a lot of holes to run to. You set your life up so that you only have one place to go. So now that you're there, it's not permanent. It's not going to be permanent. So you've got to focus on getting up out of there as quickly as you can to avoid the toxicity. And then perhaps when you're out of there, you can work on healing your relationship with your sister. You can do it while you're there, but not as long as you continue to hold her in your mind as your guardian. How old is she? She is in, I think, her late 40s, early, like, or 50s. Mm -hmm. I'm not too quite sure because she keeps telling us a different age, so I don't know. And what is the conversation that you have had with her about wanting to be seen and treated as an adult? Have you ever had that conversation with her? Yes, I had that conversation plenty of times, but it's like talking to a brick wall. And then it goes into uh, the belittling thing. She'll bring up things that I've done in high school. And I'm like, normal teenagers do these kind of things. And it turns into a big old argument. Then eventually, you know, we both come down because, you know, both tensions are high. And then I'm just like, I'm literally trying to do everything in my willpower to obtain my career because I'm trying to be an EMT or a firefighter. I've been trying to do that. And it's just like, listen, I don't need you to talk down on me. 
I'm an adult. And then she always, you know, comes with uh, kind of like the condescending. And I'm like, all I'm asking is just the support. You don't have to agree with what I'm doing or how I want to live my life. Just support me. And that just turns into a whole nother thing and and unfolds more and more and more stuff. And I'm just like, well, we're just not getting anywhere because she sees, oh, if it's not her way in her ideal situation that everything is a pipe dream and it's stupid and it's the wrong decision. Just like a typical mother. Just like a typical mother, every mother has dreams for their children. And if the children don't follow the mother's dream, the mother has a problem. Ask me how I know. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> go, ahead. go ahead. Ask me how I know. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. How do you know? None of your business. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a typical mother. And do you know where that comes from? No. Because your baby's only six. So around about the time when she gets 13 and starts what my grandmother used to say, smelling herself and starts to want to break break free of your tyranny over her life. <laughs> That's going to happen around 13, okay? You're going to see the things that she's doing, and you're just going to want to bang your head up against the wall because they're going to look wrong and stupid because you have a real idea of what, has to, what she has to do to be successful. And, you know, mothers are neurotic. So this is your sister who lost her mother, who lost her mother Mm -hmm. and ended up responsible for two children in the midst of her grief. That's what happened to her. She had two kids of her own at that time, too. We'll talk more about it when we come back. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of our favorite Netflix series, Bridgerton. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? And meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. 
we're discussing it all. And I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd. In the 1980s and 90s, New York City needed a tough cop like Detective Louis Scarcella. Putting bad guys away. There's no feeling like it in the world. He was the guy who made sure the worst killers were brought to justice. That's one version. This guy is a piece of shit. Derek Hamilton was put away from murder by Detective Scarcella. In prison, Derek turned himself into the best jailhouse lawyer of his generation. And the was my girlfriend. This is my only way to freedom. Derek and other convicted murderers started a law firm behind bars. We never knew we had the same cop in the case. Scarcella. We got to show that he's a corrupt cop. They can go f*** themselves. I'm Steve Fishman. And I'm Dax Devlin-Ross. And this is The Burden. Listen to new episodes of The Burden on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And to hear episodes one week early and ad-free with exclusive bonus content, subscribe to True Crime Clubhouse on Apple Podcasts. Welcome back to The R Spot. My guest and I are talking about what happens when a person in your life plays a dual role and we hold them responsible for that role without even considering how difficult or challenging it was for them to be two things at the same time? Let's get back to the conversation. Probably, I don't know what her relationship was like with your mom, but it must have been good in order for her to take on her mother's two children because she didn't have to do that. You could have gone into yeah. foster home. I wonder how much of her obsession with you is about not wanting to fail her mother and wanting to prove to her mother that she did a good job with you. And if you fail, she's going to be disappointing her mother. I wonder. I mean, that, that can be it, too. I mean, because mm-hmm. it was points of time growing up. You know, teenagers cut school, you know, do other things and stuff like that. Normal teenager behavior. Mm-hmm. But when I was doing that, I got kicked out of the house. Mm-hmm. which led me into other things. But she couldn't fail her mom. And, you know, a 20-year-old with four kids, that's a lot. How grateful are you that she took you in? How grateful? I mean, I'm I'm grateful. It's just the, the relationship. I'm not grateful of that relationship. Well, you you can't heal the relationship as an adult woman with another adult woman, as long as you're dependent upon her for something so essential in your life. Mm-hmm. You and her have to create a new normal. She's not 
your guardian anymore. She is your bigger sister. And, but you have to conduct yourself in such a way that she can respect who you've become. And even though for her it'll be, phew, you know, I, I didn't fail my mom. For you it'll be, this is who I am, and I want to be in relationship with you as another woman, not with you as my guardian or my mother. And you may not be able to do that right now, but I heard you say that she's condescending or she'll talk down to you. Have you ever said something as simple to her as, do you have any idea how much it hurts me to hear you talk to me like that? Yes, I I tried. Um, she said, so what? It's called tough love, and that's the only way I know how to do it. And I don't care if you rule me as a bitch or... And then she starts going on into now this aggressive stance. Well, you know, well, for me, what I would say to that is, sure hope nobody, particularly God, ever treats you the way you're treating me right now. Because I would not want that for you. Yeah. But I want to go back to this. This is not an excuse at all. It's really just a consideration that at 20, she lost her mother when she had two children that she probably wanted her mom to be there for her, be there with her, help her raise them, you know, give her advice. She didn't learn how to be a mom because her mom was gone. And then in the midst of losing her mom and grieving that, she has four kids. She took on her siblings. I mean, if we could just hang out there for a moment and send her some level of compassion. Mm -hmm. My birth mother died when I was two. Nobody ever told me that, but I grew up between my stepmother and my grandmother, but my formative years from two to five, I was with my grandmother. Mm -hmm. And then all throughout the rest of my life, my grandmother was like the, primary female caregiver. My grandmother was meaner than a wet cat. She was so mean till when she came in the room, the goldfish stopped swimming. <laughs> they didn't want they didn't want her to see them move because she would have something to say about the way they were swimming. That's how mean my grandmother was. And it scarred me. It scarred me. And I hated her uh, until I was about maybe 40 years old when I recognized that in her mid-30s, or maybe she was 40, she might have been early 40s, her son's concubine died because my mother was the other woman. She wasn't my father's wife. My father had a wife. Mm -hmm. And she ended up with two children to raise. And as the grandma, you know, grandmothers do what the parents can't do. That's part of what the grandparents do. They come in, they support, they right. step in, they help when the parents can't. So she did that. She took me and my brother on. She was 
part Native American, part Black. She was a domestic worker. She scrubbed floors and toilets and cooked for people for a living. She worked from 5 o'clock in the morning till 9, 10 o'clock at night. And all of a sudden, she's got a 2-year-old and a 5-year-old. And she did that for the next, I don't know how many years. And I was 40 when I realized that she was bitter and resentful, that her life had been placed on hold to raise her son's two children. It didn't have anything to do with me. It had to do with her bitterness and resentment that this had happened in her life, her anger towards my father for not having his life together, that she ended up with these two kids. It didn't have anything to do with me. So I'm wondering if some of the ways your sister behaved didn't have anything to do with you, but had to do with her own grief and resentment or bitterness or anger or frustration that her mom died and left her with these two kids. Hell, where's their father? Why can't their daddy take them? Why I got to have them? At 20, she saddled with four kids. Do you have any compassion for her? Because that's what I had to get from my grandmother in order to heal. I had to stop seeing her as bitter and mean and see her as tired and see her as sad and see her as disappointed and see her as broken. Can you see any of that for your sister? I do. Yeah. No, I, I get it. I, I really do get it. It's just, it's, it's unfortunate that, that that bitterness and the angerness was just lashed out onto me because it's, it's like, what, if it's not an excuse, like as you said, but it's just like, I don't understand, like, the, the physical, when, you know, the physical abuse of it. I, I understand she, she was still hurting and it's very frustrating. She was grieving and everything like that. But at the same time, you didn't have to constantly put your hands on me like I was a stranger in the street. It, it didn't see you can't have it both ways. You can't have it both ways. You can't. You either have to understand, recognize and hold it with compassion and not be angry at her or just continue to be angry at her and, and say what it shouldn't have been. You can't have it both ways. When I was five, I didn't go to go to to kindergarten. My grandmother needed me to be disciplined and and obedient and and total line because she had to get up and get to work and and make that money to feed me and my brother and I was not disciplined obedient nor did I total line and she beat the holy living bejesus out of me when I was five I didn't go to kindergarten because my grandmother beat me and she's old school with a ironing cord and welts and scars were on my back that she didn't attend to because she was going to work. And when my stepmother came to take me school shopping, she pulled my undershirt off and pulled all the skin off my back. So I couldn't go to kindergarten. I was in the hospital. Now I can be upset about that. I didn't go to kindergarten. My grandmother beat the skin off my back. Or I can say it, it really... I understand it wasn't personal. 
She needed me to be disciplined and I wasn't. She needed me to be ruthlessly obedient to everything she said and I wasn't. She needed me to follow instructions implicitly and I didn't. I did the normal things that a three-year-old, five-year-old, 10-year-old kid did, just like you said, cutting school and blah, 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 blah. I wasn't with her then. But at five, you know, she told me, don't go in the room and touch the stuff. I went in the room and touched the stuff. She said, don't play with the knickknacks. I played with the knickknacks. Those <laughs> knickknacks. Yeah, I was a problem. I was a problem. I get it now that for her to leave two children in the house in order for her to travel two and a half hours to get to work, to scrub floors, clean toilets, and cook food for white folks so that we could eat. She needed me to follow her rules, and I didn't. And when I didn't, she became extremely frustrated, and she was going to beat obedience into me, and she was going to beat discipline into me, and she was going to beat, do you understand? It wasn't even about me. It was about what she needed. I didn't know that as a child, but as an adult, I had to either let that scar me or say, I get it and I, and I forgive you. Like you said, it's about understanding and forgiveness. I'm not, I'm not angry. I'm just hurt. It's just a lot of pain and a lot of hurt that we're not talking about. It's, it's like, all right, sweep it under the rug and that's it. I don't want to hear nothing else about it. But I'm like, we got to talk about these things because it was other things that happened to me, you know, in my young adulthood, which I can't, I can't share with her because it's, it's, it's a lot. It's just like, well, is she going to be condescending? Is she going to feel compassion? Is anything like, is she going to recognize, you know, anything? So I just keep a lot of pain and hurt to myself. Well, that's what therapists are for. (laughs) Do you love your sister? You said, do I love her? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you love her? Yes. Do you want the best for her? Yes. In spite of everything that's happened. Okay. So I want you to close your eyes just for a moment. Close your eyes. (laughs) And I want you to see her. Mm -hmm. And I want you to see her bandaged from head to toe. Everything, her head, her face, like a mummy. The only thing that's out is her eyes and her mouth, her nose, so she can breathe. See her. I mean, her hands are bandaged, her legs, her stomach, her face, everything. She's bandaged in those white bandages from head to toe. Can you see that? hmm Yeah. And can you see or imagine that everything under that bandage is raw. It's raw flesh. How would you treat her? How would you treat her knowing that she's raw under those bandages and the only thing out is her eyes, her nose, and her mouth? How would you treat her? With compassion, love. Yeah. Gentleness. Yeah. Yeah. So even though she raised you, she's bandaged from head to toe. And even though you think because she was in the mother role, she should have been good to you, you get an opportunity to treat her the way she didn't treat you, kindly, gently, with compassion, hearing everything she says as a reflection of her pain that has nothing to do with you. What if 
you're really the one who has to raise her, even though she raised you. What if? And I know the little girl inside of you doesn't want to do that, but I need the grown woman right now, the 29-year-old, to make another choice. Forget the role. Forget that she was older and the guardian and that you were younger and, and feel victimized. Switch roles. Treat her the way she didn't treat you. And get your stuff together to get the heck up out that house as quickly as you can. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's wounded. She's broken. And she doesn't have the capacity. She's not capable. She really isn't. Because if she was, she would do it. She's not capable of treating you any differently than she already has. Yeah. Tell me what you're hearing. Tell me what's going on. Um, I'm just thinking about, you know, trying to get into therapy with her. Not with her. Not with her. For you. Leave her alone. She's bandaged. She can't go to therapy with bandages from her head to her feet. She can't even sit in the therapist's chair. She can't do it right now. And it doesn't mean that the relationship can't be healed and changed. But the work is on you. The work is on you. Because obviously she ain't having no problem. You are. (laughs) Yeah. She thinks it's okay. You don't. So what do we do now? We'll talk about that right after this break. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of our favorite Netflix series, Bridgerton. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? And meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. And I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd.
In the 1980s and 90s, New York City needed a tough cop like Detective Louis Scarcella. Putting bad guys away. There's no feeling like it in the world. He was the guy who made sure the worst killers were brought to justice. That's one version. This guy is a piece of shit. Derek Hamilton was put away from murder by Detective Scarcella. In prison, Derek turned himself into the best jailhouse lawyer of his generation. And the law was my girlfriend. This is my only way to freedom. Derek and other convicted murderers started a law firm behind bars. We never knew we had the same cop in the case. Scarcella. We got to show that he's a corrupt cop. They can go f*** themselves. I'm Steve Fishman. And I'm Dax Devlin-Ross. And this is The Burden. Listen to new episodes of The Burden on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And to hear episodes one week early and ad-free with exclusive bonus content, subscribe to True Crime Clubhouse on Apple Podcasts. Welcome back. I am Yamla, and this is The R Spot. So tell me, in your current relationship with your sister, what is something you can do differently? I mean, I can try not to take things as as personal. Well, either you're going to take them as personal or you're not. There is no try. There is only do or don't do. <laughs> so either you're going to do it or you're not going to do it. I'm not going to take things as personal. Well, let's not go so big first. Let's do something real small. Stop seeing her, calling her holding her as your guardian. That don't have nothing. You, you don't need her to do that. That's in your mind, in your heart. This is not my guardian. This is a wounded woman. This is my sister, and she's a wounded woman. She is not my guardian. You could do that. Yeah. You don't expect her to be nice to you or listen to you or, or, or care about your feelings because she's wounded from head to toe. She's just trying to deal with her own pain. Can you see that? Yes. So that's one thing you can do that you don't need her permission or insight to do it. And I hear you saying you want to heal with her. And I hear you saying there's things you want to say to her that you can't. Don't expect her to do it. She's bandaged. She's wounded. Okay, what's going on? You're not thinking. You're not speaking. What are you thinking? Um, I'm just. I was just thinking, like, maybe it's time that I should, you know, stop putting so much on just this one sister and, uh, you know, how she treated me and stuff like that and actually just go into therapy and try to work on my other relationships with family members because right now I'm only associating, like, her as my number one. Mm. Like you said, a guardian, I need to stop putting her at that plateau. Mm-hmm. That might be helpful. And maybe you, instead of focusing on these family relationships that come from brokenness and hurt, maybe you just need to focus on being an EMT. <laughs> How about that? Is that what you said you want to do? Become EMT? Yeah. So, so what do you need to do to make that happen? Um. Well, it's... I have to put an application and go to the fire academy. But the conversation that I had with my sister last night was 
and I've had this conversation with her for two months now, I'm like, well, I need someone to, you know, look out for my daughter because the schedule that they're asking is Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 5 p.m. As an adult woman with Mm -hmm. few um, supportive people in your life, how would you handle that? How would you handle that? You, you, that's your business. You've got to get that handled. And she's bandaged from head to toe. So if she can't do that, what's your other options? Friends in daycare. Um, I can't really afford that right now. So, I mean, she's, she's in school, but she gets out of school at 2.15. So from 2.15 until 5, 5.30, it's like... I'm stuck in the same situation as I was before in New Jersey, where I went to EMT school four times and had to unenroll every single time. Why? Because I didn't have the support when it came to my daughter. So what is your prayer? Um, That I find support and be able to accomplish the career that I, I want because Honestly, these these little dead end jobs isn't isn't enough. It's not enough. I need more. Mm-hmm. Well, you want more, and that you have a right. But if your mind is made up that you don't have support, that your sister should be doing it and she's not, that you don't have anybody there for you, there may be possibilities and opportunities that are available that you don't even see. So that's why I'm asking you, what's your prayer? Your prayer doesn't have to be that I find. It could be God, source, creator, whatever it is for you. Send me what I need to make this dream my reality. Send me the proper person in the proper way. I know it's here. It has to be here because God never gives you a vision without giving you the provision. If you have a vision of being an EMT, if you've gone to school four times, then the provision you need is there. But if you're thinking it has to come from your sister or your family, you may not even see other possibilities. So let your prayer be that everything you need to complete or manifest this dream, that it comes forward, that it shows up easily, effortlessly. It doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't. You're making it harder than it needs to be. Did you finish EMT school? No. What do you have to do to finish? I literally just have to go back for one semester and pass the test and then that's it. All right. Well, that'll happen. Take it off your sister. Take it off of her. Open yourself to greater possibilities. There may be a retired old school teacher that takes in children on a 24-hour basis. (laughs) I mean, you don't know. They could be right in your backyard. But you've got to be open and stop looking at what happened and what you don't have. What's possible for tomorrow is where we got to focus. She's bandaged from head to toe. She cannot give you what you need. Doesn't mean you can't get it from other places and other people. And as your life balances out and you become more secure in yourself, you can heal those other relationships, too. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a prescription. All right. You want to write this down or will you remember it? Okay. 
I'll remember it. All right. Every single day for the next 21 days, every day that your eyes open up, I don't care where you are, I want you to make 10 statements of gratitude. Whoever you pray to, God, Jesus, Buddha, Allah, I don't know, you know, the universe, divine mother, it doesn't matter. Thank you for the perfect childcare situation for my daughter so that I can complete EMT school. Thank you for the perfect opportunity to earn the money that I need to find the place to live. Thank you for my health. Thank you for my strength. Thank you for this roof over my head. Thank you. 10 statements every day. It could be the same statements, different statements. It could be for stuff you have and for stuff that you want. 10 statements of gratitude every single morning that your eyes open. You can speak it out loud. You can write it down. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the babysitter, for the EMT school taking you back, for the money you need to go to EMT school, for the passing the EMT school test, for your first job as on an ambulance. <laughs> I don't know, whatever. <laughs> but instead of turning it into complaints of what you don't have, your prescription is to give thanks for it right now, calling it in. Give thanks right now. Every day for 21 days, you give thanks and you watch how stuff starts showing up for you. I can do that. Thank you for my sister and her healing. Thank you that the relationship between me and my sister is healed. Thank you for my new two-bedroom apartment overlooking the forest <laughs> and the trees or whatever you want. I don't know. <sighs> Start affirming and calling in what you desire. Instead of complaining about what you have and what you don't have. And leave your sister alone. Oof. Thank you. And you know you have to stop seeing her as your guardian and expecting things from her that she may not be able to give you. Stop seeing her as that, calling her that, holding her as that. Stop that. See her as a, your sister, as a broken, wounded woman that needs your kindness, your gentleness, your love, and your compassion. Mm -hmm. Even if she doesn't give it to you, she needs that. Yeah. And you, do you know now that even though she was responsible for your growing up, that maybe it's your job to raise her and give her what she didn't or couldn't give you? Do you know that? Yes. And do you know you are going to find everything that you need and you are going to be an EMT even if your sister doesn't believe it? Do you know that? Yeah. Do you know you've got the power to make your dreams come true? Do you know that? Yeah. Okay. So you're in much better shape than when you called, you think? Yeah. <laughs> Don't try to do everything at once. Let's focus on where we are right now, making that better. And then we'll move on. You can move on to other things, making the relationships with the other, healing your relationship. Let's get you through school and on your first ambulance as an EMT. Let's do that. Let's focus on that. And these 10 statements will get you there. I promise you. You're right. Like my brother said, you don't have anything but time. That's right. You're 29. I got bras older than you. <laughs> Check back in with me and let me know how you're doing, okay? All right, I can do that. All right, my love. Thank you. Okay, bye bye. 
my guest today brings up a very, very interesting topic and one that I'm sure many of us have encountered at some point or another. And that is the person in charge of raising us, guiding us, our primary caregiver was anything but nice to us. And we want to hold them responsible for the hurt, the harm, the danger that they did. Even if they did the best they could, it's hard for us to see that. I have so much compassion for my guest today. And and I truly understand exactly where she's coming from. Because when what you receive from your primary caregiver is trash, you really don't want to consider the effort that they put in to give it to you. But sometimes people simply don't have the capacity. They don't have the capacity to give us anything more than they've given us. And our job for our healing is not to ruminate over what we didn't get or how we got what we did get. Our job is to dig within deep enough to be able to say thank you even for the trash. Thank you for what I got, even though I don't like how I got it. Thank you, because without that person and that trash, who knows where you'd be today. I hope this has been helpful to someone, and if you have a question about this or any other relationship issue, You can call me live at 775-307-7768. Now be sure to follow me on social media for all of the call-in times. And until then, stay in peace and not pieces. The R-Spot is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. This season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd.